Hello, welcome back to Garden State of Mind, South Jersey's most melancholy podcast, episode 48. I'm one of your hosts, John. With me here, I have Jeff. Jeff, how the fuck are you this week? Fucking great, Johnny Cakes. <laughs> Two Fucking F-bombs great. in the first 15 seconds. That's that's a, a record for us. It's for all the, pussies, your... all the pussies out there that can't handle anything. Here's some it's cursing. A, na- a nation of wusses is what yes. Ed Rendell once said. Um, how was your 4th of July? Happy Independence Day. Yes. Uh, you know, it was pretty good. Barbecue, you know, typical shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a I, brand new pair of Nikes, actually, uh, for 4th <laughs> of July. Fucking awesome. They have the Betsy Ross flag on the back of them. Limited edition. Really? You know, they're expensive now. Like, if they're like two grand on the black market. No pun No, are yet, they really sorry. two grand no on the black intended. market? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, of course there's, you know, on one level, maybe it's like genius marketing by Nike when they, you know, maybe they put them out like next year or, you know, what's the next, uh, like Veterans Day or something. <laughs> so could you imagine if they released one with the, the actual Confederate flag? <laughs> oh, wow. What that would go for. Uh, you know, yeah, our, our our friend has mentioned, you know, the Betsy Ross flag. You know, comparing it to the Confederate flag. I mean, we're, I, uh, we're officially lost our minds. Like, I think the whole our whole country is just a parody of itself at this point. Everything. It, it is. Everything I mean, I'm is all, a parody. And I'm all about like I look. I'm not trying to disrespect uh, the viewpoints of people who you know their ancestors were enslaved. I I get all that. However. So that flag, the Betsy Ross flag, they're saying or that somehow they're making the connection because at that time, black people were oppressed just as they were at the time the Confederate flag became a thing. Um, is that it? Is that the only connection? Because people were oppressed at the exact same time that that flag was well, sewn that's, together. That's the what Ka- Kaepernick said. But then there's and then there's apparently like a super fringe racist group that has used the flag like you know we're getting to the so so who are they i don't who knows I, I mean you know we're white guys and we don't we're not up up to snuff on these white supremacist groups no. shouldn't we we should they, we should know all about them I, I it, it's it's beyond insane it's just uh yeah the connection wasn't there for me i just don't understand it and if the, you know obviously everyone's got their little agendas and and they're gonna frame it however they want but I thought that was horseshit. If if the KKK s- decides that they're like Carson Wentz fans, like what do I have to do? Quit life at that point? Am I you know I can't watch the Eagles? Like what 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 you know what what's next? We have oh, this right. Symbols. So a Wentz jersey would be like a symbolism of of yes. uh, racial hate. Right. What if one? Yeah, we see like a Grand Wizard, and beneath his robes, he's got a Wentz jersey on. Like, oh, God. Oh, that would be terrible. Right. Then what do we do? You know, the whole Sixers uniform is based on the Betsy Ross flag. They got that alternate uniform, the, the fucking logo. I mean, we're losing our minds. It's all bullshit. It's all. Listen, I, I'm a gambler. I spent the last season and a half of Kaepernick's career betting against him. He was a fucking disaster. He went from 
like 2013 in the Super Bowl as like the next new dynamic quarterback. Like he could have been better than Russell Wilson to just a fucking disaster and couldn't play. And all I did was win money betting against him. So, you know, for the cynics out there to say he's just, you know, his career was over and he's trying to boost it up, you know, I might agree with that a bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. I don't, I don't know. I mean, his point was ridiculous to me. If the KKK, if they were Wentz fans, you would have, I can imagine you bumping into David Duke on a flight and you guys could talk Eagles the whole way. You'd finally have something to talk about. With yeah. with the white supremacist, I guess I would. Yeah, in common. Yeah, I mean, other I'm, than this, other than everything I've said just now, because obviously, you know, if we're if we're talking about Kaepernick, we're we're grand wizards at this point because this guy couldn't play in the NFL. And I mean, let's face it, the dude doesn't like America for some reason. Uh, you know, because he, he can't get employed here. He doesn't like. Yeah, he was able to sue in American courts and get money from the NFL. I guess that part of America he liked. Uh, but give me a break. I heard um, there's a rumor that he's really Elian Gonzalez. Is that true? <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> I, I just made that up. Oh. <laughs> I just made it up just now. <laughs> he just reminds me of that kid. I don't I don't know why. Um, but yeah, that's you know, that's not a real thing. And Nike, and, and, and by the way, and then then you have, there's, God, everyone's just a pussy. And then you have the people that are like, boycott Nike. Oh, fuck off. Oh, you know, I was going like, to ask what you thought about that. No, I, I mean, I don't know. Probably the majority of everything I wear is Nike. I don't even know. Like, what, you know, I, I, everyone that you, you have, and you have uh, protesters and you have parades and everyone marching and everyone against the march and everyone parading. You're all fucking losers. I hate to say it. Even if you're marching for something I agree with, you're a loser. Get a fucking life. Everyone get a life. Yeah, stop marching. All this what? marching doesn't get anything it, done. What has been you, accomplished by a march? I, I'm sure there has been. Who knows? I, really? It, it, at this point, at this point, on you know, uh, we're we're in the best country ever that's ever happened. We're as pro- prosperous as we can be. Everyone gets a fair shake here. Everyone can do their own thing. I mean, I defy you to name a place that's better than this. This is why everyone's fighting to get in here. Just everyone shut the fuck up about everything. Just quit it. How about that? Oh, it's a lot of good conversation, Jeff. It all spurs good conversation. We've had a billion fucking conversations about all these topics of what has changed and gotten better. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, hold on. Oh, you must have missed it because it happened. I don't know if it was on 4th of July or it was like, well, you might have been busy. Um, but the, um, I can't believe you didn't see this. The Kate Smith, uh, the Kate Smith statue, you know, and Kate Smith getting banned. That actually, yeah. that actually solved all the problems in the black community. Did you How? see that? Oh, it just did. Everything, everything's perfect now. Everything's fine. Well, Everyone's like the, great. The Philadelphia black community no, or no the, no the whole country the whole country everything's been solved because of kate smith went away i didn't hear about this yeah you i can't believe it. somebody yeah. hasn't tw- did Tariq stop tweeting <laughs> yeah yeah white supremacy right supremacy is Twitter over. account yeah racism is over since kate smith left or did uh, not- i mean i that's that's amazing yeah problem that's solved. Really great problem fucking solved See, I told you, this is why I was supporting the removal of that statue. I knew yeah. how it was going to turn out. It all worked out in the end. So, you know, there's there's 
egg on my face for sure. <laughs> uh, the Flyers are still going to have a losing season, though, regardless oh, of whether or not that statue is erected or not. They, yeah, they're a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, they're an exciting. They're one of the more exciting franchises in town, that's for sure. Uh, you know, speaking of Sixers and Betsy Ross flags, um, I think pretty interesting developments here. What, with the Sixers? Oh, my God. I yeah. can't even speak this morning. The Sixers? Butler, yeah, Butler leaving and yeah. Tobias, I think, is, is going to work out. Uh, like Butler, man, you're, you just, you've just confirmed that you're, you're a loser. <laughs> you're just a fucking loser. I like, think he's he just a like, prick. Yeah, you know, I, we were we were trying to look the other way, where he's you know in three teams in like two and a half years, and, and is like a dick to his teammates. And you could play the other end and say he's looking at Embiid and Simmons and says they're not motivated enough for him. But you know, you say you want to win, and then you go to Miami. Guess what? You don't want to win. You don't care about anything. Well, I mean, if you're a leader and your and your teammates, um, these all stars or whatever, are not motivated, then motivate them. You're the leader. That's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. He's getting paid a lot of money. But he's an asshole. I mean, come on. That That's the whole point. They didn't want him here because he's such a dick. I don't, did they even offer him anything? Did they offer him a deal? No, I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, maybe. I don't think so. Just bye-bye, baby. He's out. That's but, fine. you know, the, the, yeah, I guess it'll be all right. I mean, the Sixers are going to be – they're looking good. Kawhi's out of Toronto. You know, he he winds up with the Clippers, with uh, Paul George. I think that just happened overnight, didn't it? Or this morning? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that was, that was pretty huge. Shit. Yeah, I was really happy about that. I mean, I, whatever. I would have been okay with, with uh, Kawhi Leonard landing in uh, with the Lakers. Whatever. I didn't really care all that much about it. I mean, the West is just going to be unbeatable if that happened, but... I, I love I love the idea of even though, even though the Lakers got... Um, Davis, the Clippers beating them for Kawhi is pretty significant. Yes, um, I love that. I love a team like that. Kind of, I consider Lakers just just going down. Like if they don't win the next two years, which you know now with Kawhi, I don't know if they get out of the West. I love that. I love that. I love that the Giants, the New York Football Giants, that is, are just a complete and utter disaster. The Mets <laughs> are a disaster. The yeah. Knicks. The Knicks can't get any free. Like it's real. It's really great for us. It's really. I think great. this has all been orchestrated by Doug Peterson. All of it, <laughs> even the Lakers' demise. Just yeah. it's all a part of it. He's done it all. My God, it's masterful. He's like it the really Godfather. Is. So great. I mean, what's going to happen next? What will happen next? I don't. I don't know. Well, Jerry, um, Jerry Jones Jerry jo- gets caught yeah. with an underage hooker or something. Jerry Jones owned Orchids of Asia. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I love the Sixers' uh, outlook for next season. I mean, who the hell is going to stop them? At least from getting to the 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 finals. I agree. Um, yeah, they they. I think they were better than the Bucks this year. So, um, yeah, I. I, I I'm hey, I'm excited. Hayden's very excited. And so Is he? The, yeah, he's the, he's a true barometer of all this. Take a picture of that for me. I want to see <laughs> yeah. Hayden excitement. Hayden's level of excitement. <laughs> Happy birthday, uh, forty, by the way. 
Happy birthday yeah. to that kid. Birthday's July 5th. Sorry, our little independence baby. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> he's a real, a true American, that kid. Yes. Um, the basketball, I wanted to talk about the off season. I was thinking the other day, and this is probably not, I don't think this is an original thought. Um, it's just how I've always felt. The off season, NBA off season is almost, I, I wouldn't say it's more exciting than the postseason. It's probably on par, but way more exciting than regular season. I'd rather just have six months of off season talk and then jump right into the postseason. Like I kind of yeah. like all the drama with NBA off season, all the moves, all the shit talking, all the speculating. I mean, I could listen to the Bill Simmons podcast probably just every day, listen to him and Ryan Rosillo talk about this team, that team, what if this, what if that. I love it all. I honestly I am, do, more than just watching regular season. I am enjoying that podcast. Um, it's been good. Yeah. I mean, Simmons certainly plays up the NBA, but, I mean, the problem with the NBA is if you really, if you sit down and consider, and I did this, I forget, I forget what year it was now, but I, it was like, let's say five years ago. I'm like, okay, if you start from 1983, because I wanted to include the Sixers, in, you know, almost 30 years, there's only been, like, eight teams that won a championship <laughs> you know it's obviously yeah. it's sixers because i included them there it's lakers it's celtics it's heat it's rockets it's spurs um you know th this was before the, the warriors but now it's even the warriors are done like milwaukee They're minnesota done. memphis oklahoma city you know uh, dallas snuck in there and got one you're but these cities are never going to win a championship. It's not going to happen. Like, this sport is the worst when it comes to, you know, NHL, fucking Blues were in last place three months ago, won the Cup. Right. Uh, you know, baseball, because of the wild card now, you have more chances. And obviously, football is, is as wide open as it gets. So, the NBA well, is in so the boring. NFC. Well, I'm just saying the NBA is so boring when it comes to a championship team. You know, You know exactly who it's going to be. And it's not going to be... You know, like I said, Minnesota. It's not going to be the Wizards. No, you're right. I mean, that that the ba basketball you can predict pretty much, probably with like ninety ninety five percent accuracy, which teams are going to be in the postseason after the first month of the season. Yeah, and you I, know yeah. beforehand, probably yeah, half I, the teams. I'm sorry. My main problem was, and it's always the same. It's the Lakers. It's the Celtics. It's mm -hmm. the Spurs. It's nobody. You're not going to get a random champion. I mean, no. This was a few years ago. Now we have, this, you know, the Raptors. But still. Yeah. Well, Kawhi. You know, they got Kawhi. Yeah. That, that's the other thing. I mean, uh, once a team signs, now they had that. You got to have some. You have to have a nice supporting cast there. But I'll be honest with you. I don't know how Toronto did it. I, I don't um, – I guess it was probably the absence of KD and Kawhi Leonard just played out of his mind. You know, it's crazy when you look back to the fact that the Sixers were <laughs> – no, they, they had to go into a, an overtime, but my God, they were so close to winning that series. Um, and everything could have been changed. But then Toronto goes and beats Milwaukee and, and then takes on the Warriors who are without Durant. I mean – that that story couldn't have been written any, written any better for them, starting with that dunk, that triple doink. Oh my God, I know. When you consider the, the Sixers are maybe 
a few extra gym sessions for Embiid away from <laughs> getting to the finals. And, yeah, a few less know. fucking Shirley Temples away. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, you know, hey, that's why we love sports. So it's the what if. Well, the NBA is the biggest now with the, with the offseason. It's the biggest what if conversation in the world. What if this yeah. happens? What if that happens? But yeah, but once you get into the season, it's it's tough to give a shit about, um, you know, January. Whoever's oh, playing it who, it's like what? No, it doesn't matter. It's it's too long of a season. The postseason's great. Like I love NBA postseason. Um, but like I said, it's it's much more fun now to all this speculation and talk than than to actually watch it play out. You know, I mean, the stars like LeBron, they they turn it off, right? You know they don't they don't really play they 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 probably go full full effort on like half the regular season games, and then the other half they just kind of sleepwalk through. You know LeBron just takes himself out. Yeah, and they should, and these guys should. They, these seasons are too long. They, they should are. have these maintenance days. I mean, it sucks for the. I mean, yeah, they should. They should. This is the Embiid game where he's sitting out. So here's a discount on your tickets, or let's give you a couple rounds of beer. You know, when you show up tonight, if there's no MB, that should be like a free round of beer for everybody. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit. I used to hate when I would go to a game and like Iverson would be out for the night. But what the fuck? You know, it's like the only reason you would go to a game. I love I as much as I, you know, I've listened to like every Simmons podcast and I do like his material. He is obnoxious. He's from Boston. So he gets, you know, he beats the NBA drum and. Like he, you know, he declares like it's the most exciting sport, but you know, I, he's the only one in the world that cares about like the Christmas Day games and and NBA and and NFL yeah, really. still have a Cleveland, you know, Jaguars Thursday night game that'll just crush like final <laughs> Ravens. So you know, just settle down. Yeah, well, I guess it's because I mean. It's a shame for him because it's all it all stems from his uh, Celtics fandom, and yeah, Boston had its heyday, and it's it's not now, not not anymore. Boston, they're so irrelevant right now. It, he's got to be suffering. I love when him and his father get on the phone. And it's like listening to two old has-beens, you know, yeah. wailing about the Celtics. Now, look, they still have the Patriots. So until Brady and Belichick retire, they'll always have that. But I love it because Philly has surpassed Boston uh, in the basketball world. Well, uh, they're they're relevant, and Boston's irrelevant right now. I don't know. Just if currently. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see. Well, what? Who? Who are they competing with? I, I don't know. I, I I'm going to hesitate to to label Boston. Oh, I'm not. Relevant. I'm not huh? hesitating. The, okay. the second I can declare them irrelevant, I'm going to do it. Because I hate Boston. It's a shit okay. town, sh- shitty people with shitty accents. Uh, I'm with you on the accents and all that shit, but I actually was there a few years ago. I kind of enjoyed walking around Boston. I bet honestly. you did. I bet you did. Uh, you know, I like I like history. I, I like to celebrate the history of uh, slavery. So when I was there, oh right, I, yeah. So I was way involved well, they, in that when I was there. There are a lot of racists there. <laughs> all the revolutionary, you know, all the revolutionary era stuff is, you know, problematic to say the least. No, I guess so. The, fa- um, the founding of the greatest country ever is it's tough, you know. 
we're going back down this path again? No, no, I'm sorry. I, I was just trying to say people from Boston are assholes, but now you're declaring I, your love for them and for their racist past. I agree, but listen, uh, the Patriots are probably going to win the Super Bowl this year. They're at least going to get 11 or 12 wins in that fucking shitty division, so it's not like they're going away anytime. No. So the Patriots are going to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl? I mean, no, I don't think... I know, we'll beat them again, but they will have an easy road to get there. The Eagles definitely need home field advantage. I think that's a proven statistic at this point. You need home field. What about the uh, powerhouse out in Oakland? How do you think they're going to do this year? (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. You know, usually you watch Hard Knocks. At least I Uh do. And and I watch Hard Knocks, and then I instantly... We'll draft some players on that for my fantasy team, and I'll I'll bet them up in, the, in September, and they always disappoint fantasy and gambling wise. Oh, yeah, I will not be fooled this year. I will not be drafting Antonio Brown or uh, Jared. Who's the golf golf? Who's the, who's their fucking quarterback? Carr. Oh, Carr. Yeah, Jared Carr. Uh, you know, uh, I forget who the running back is. I think they drafted one. I'm not interested. I'm telling you right now, I'm not interested in any Raiders. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say I don't care about Antonio Brown. He's still he's still top five receiver. Um, I just don't care about that offense. So you, you know, you're probably right. It would just if if Brown is sitting there on the draft board, it's hard to pass him up. I don't know. He might be saying, "Hey, uh, I, I really miss Ben, Big Ben this season." Oh, I don't think he misses Ben. <laughs> you think so? I'm saying after he spends, you know, because Carr, car. it was funny. When Carr broke his leg, we were all, like, so upset. Like, we thought he was going to really do something in those playoffs. But I don't know what's happened since. Hmm. Uh, I think he's, you know, mediocre talent. Uh, it's been mediocre coaching. Uh, mediocre talent surrounding him. Yeah, Oakland's just a joke. They're not. Yeah. They're not going to be good just because Gruden's there. I mean, he's got ten years to make it happen, I guess. But I hope, I hope someday I'm a I'm a I'm living in Vegas and I'm a Raiders season ticket holder. How do you you're like moving that? To, yeah, you're going to move to Vegas. I would love to. Would Melinda like that? I don't know. I tried to get her to go years ago and it didn't. It didn't happen. She's a teacher. She could have gotten a teaching job because everyone was moving there. She could have gotten a teaching job in ten seconds. Now, why do you want to live there? I don't necessarily want to live there. I would like to live out west, but I'm thinking uh, a good airport so I can get, you know, I can fly out of there easily to wherever I want. Um, I mean, really, I'd like to live in, like, Montana or something like that. But, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, you're almost sequestered. Brokeback Mountain. Mm. <laughs> I'm not Broke- coming to visit you. <laughs> Not going camping with you if you move out to Montana, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want Randy Randy Quaid to catch us. <laughs> um, well, that would be great if you get to move out to Vegas someday. I hope yeah. you do. I'm gonna die in New Jersey, but make a dream. Yeah, I I like living here. Um, I do love the West. You know, I, I like I like L.A. a lot. To be honest with you, I like California, but. I can't. I can't see myself not living on the East Coast, and not living in Jersey. Like if I have enough money to go out and buy a big palace somewhere, I just want to buy a place down at the Jersey Shore. Not with fucking situation. Not those shore points, but you know, like Avalon or Stone Harbor, someplace with a bunch of rich snobs. Where I don't have to deal with 
um, the the rabble like myself coming down there every summer. The Guidos. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I want to live amongst the snobs. <laughs> Perfect. Keep people off my beaches and so on. Right. Yeah, I like the East Coast. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I, I, I just have to resign myself that I'm here. What? What's the... This this podcast is called Garden State of Mind. Yeah. It's about Jersey pride, and now you're telling me that you have to console yourself because of the fact that you live here. You know, I, I went to New York yesterday. I like the idea of I can drive to New York in two hours, although I do hate New York. So I don't know what – you know, I, I do like the I beach. I love New York. Um, I, I mean, I like the idea of the beach, but, you know, I did have skin cancer. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, paradoxes, you would say, in my life. I don't, yeah, I, you know. you're conflicted. Yes. Hey, uh, uh, breaking news, by the way. Um, the Duke and Duchess of Windsor released some photos of uh, Archie's baptism, by the way. They're <laughs> alive on CNN, if you want to take a peek. <laughs> yeah, I just, got a, I just got a news alert that popped up on my MacBook. Yeah, that's like, what... what the fuck? Yeah, that's not to do those alerts. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I know. those notifications. <laughs> I set them up like if there's like a shooting somewhere or something like that, like maybe something momentous. But uh, unfortunately, CNN views pictures of Archie's baptism as on par with, you know, a school shooting or something like that. I so. will I will never understand the, the royals and why anyone cares. I'll never get it. Well, did you watch? I feel like we talked about this 20 episodes ago. Did you watch their marriage? No. Oh, you didn't? I watched some of it. Like, we woke up that morning, and I watched some of it. I mean, it was on ABC, I guess. It was interesting. You know, I didn't watch the ceremony, I don't think. All right. I just, you know, the whole world stops for some people around here for this stuff. It's just a baby. It's just another inbred baby. What fucking cares? (laughs) Well... I don't think it was, uh, well, I mean, you're talking about the baptism. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't watch a kid's baptism. <laughs> I mean, we uh, all dread going to them, including including our own kids' uh, <laughs> baptisms. Uh, I, was, I like the, the dinner afterwards. It's fun. I was so hungover for Hayden's baptism because I decided to have highballs all night, you know, to honor all the all my dead grandfathers. And I was right. just fucked up. Melinda was so mad at me. Like, I could barely function. I think I barfed and everything. Oh my god, that's a that's a disgrace. You just scratch the eye. <laughs> Tell me about at it. At your own kid's baptism? Yeah. What kind I, of animal smokes I marijuana at his own kid's baptism? <laughs> um Speaking of by the way, speaking of Sopranos, um we oh, owe an apology. Did. I think we were supposed to release an episode about uh six days ago or five days ago, so apologies. Sorry about I've, that. Yeah, I've had I've had I've had a very eventful week. Uh, you factor in the holiday, my kid's birthday, and then my my teenage, my seventeen year old daughter. It's just uh, it's been a lot of stuff. Yes, yeah, you had a you had a you definitely had an eventful week. Uh, way worse than mine. My week was quiet compared to yours. Kids running around, leaving home. Yeah, when, not, ta- yeah, when not telling you where the, they're going. When we get to the Sopranos and Meadows' attitude, we can. We can talk about my daughter. Well, why don't we uh, jump into some Sopranos? Let's okay. knock out this episode. Let's do episode it. Episode three of season two, the return of Richie April. All right. 
Uh, Toodle fucking ooh is the title. Uh, writer is Frank Renzulli. Director Lee Tamahori. Um, yes. This is yeah. It's funny. I, you know, you said you were waiting back then for like you couldn't wait for these next episodes. Like, you know, all the all the filler, all the all the preamble is gone. There's, I mean, this is preamble, but now it's like, like Richie hits the ground running. He does. Um, so the episode starts. Uh, Tony Soprano, <coughs> excuse me. He's uh, alerted by the cops. He drives over to uh, his mother, to Olivia's house, and there's like cops, ambulance all over the place, and Meadows there and had a party. Um, you know, they're they're having ecstasy. One kid might have OD'd. Uh, there's barf on the walls. Kids run. <laughs> kids run. <laughs> wandering around the streets. Uh, you know. Do you, did you ever go to parties like that in no. college or high school? Uh, no. No? Not, not really, no. They had them, like, they definitely had them in my neighborhood. I mean, I grew up in Marlton. I remember in my neighborhood, there'd be just kids wandering all over the street. You know, just like within like that four or five house radius of wherever the party was. Yeah, I remember kids being outside, like throwing up in the street or there was a fight going <laughs> on. It definitely reminded me of that because that, yeah, that happened. I don't know, man. Yeah, I never did any of this stuff in high school. I was never <laughs> involved with any of this. You were too busy banging. I was just a, I was just a scared. I didn't want to get in trouble. It was a big puss. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I understand why. <laughs> Fucking going home to Satan. <laughs> How dare you? If uh, I had to report to Satan, I, I would I would have <laughs> fucking walked the line a little bit better myself. It was a, it was a healthy mixture of of Satan, and I think just in, <laughs> ge- just in general, I was just very cautious to the point of being a pussy. I, I was just, you know. No, you could say it, not to the point of. You could say you were a pussy. No, I, I am saying it. I mean, I'm, it's been said. What can I? What am I going to do about it? I know it's over. Uh, um, so you know this, 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 this episode. So Meadow, you know, Meadow's in the back seat. And Tony's like, you know, you're glad that, you know, that cop owes me a favor, and she's like, it's your grandmother's house. Meadow gives the typical, it wasn't my fault, and the attitude in the back seat. From this kid, oh God, do I relate to this the attitude? Yes, you just ha- you just trash your grandmother's house and you're popping attitude. Um, you know, she's like, uh, you know, her big defense is I could have taken ecstasy, but I didn't. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> good that's for not, you. Yeah, that's not helping. And mm. then she's and then she's like, oh, what the cop owes your money? Like she's now she's like beating turning, her father. Yeah, turning the tables on the mob boss. Like, wow, man, that's like bold. So is that just, I mean, is there something else going on there, or is that just David Chase, or, or the writer, I guess, saying, you know, look, she's a teenage kid, she's a brat, That is that what they're trying to depict, or is there something else there, like some underlying anger towards Tony? I I did not feel the underlying anger. I didn't get that. Not yet, right? No. Um uh, yeah, that's not spoiler alert. I don't think that that anger gets there until uh, Jackie Jr. If there's yes, any. I would agree. Yeah, and it's there, it's there. But I think she always kind of reconciled herself with you know. This is what my father does. I love my father, so you know right. she was always very respectful towards her dad. She loved him. And um, I agree with you. And wasn't really against that life. Actually, I'm wrong. It wasn't Jackie Jr. It was probably 
David Scatino's car. Oh yeah, she didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, she didn't that like was probably that. a tough one. Uh huh. Um, yeah. She... So now that uh, you know, it's just a fucking mess that whole place. But and I, so now I guess we did. I miss the part. So they get. So they go back home. Does, does the next scene? They're at home. And she yeah, and like, AJ's all uh, pumped up because he's going right. to get to watch Meadow what... get <laughs> screamed at. That's when she says, I could have taken ecstasy as she runs up the stairs to her bedroom. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Get down here. Um, so then you see uh, Adriana is as uh, Richie is her uncle. Uh, I, I really can't figure out the math on, you know, on Dickie Moltisanti and Adriana and Richie April. And, we got to do the family tree one of these days. You know, so everyone's I, an uncle. and a, so he's Christopher like, is cousins with Carmella, right? Carmella, but you know, Tony Lovick, and, and it's a whole. Yeah, maybe the 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 many saints of Newark will will clear it all up for us. They're like the they're like the royal family, just fucking each other. They are. It's a lot of inbred. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Children. So he wants to all check right. out the old neighborhood, and uh, you know, then they, they go back. Now we're back to uh, Tony and Meta and uh, Carmella. Nope. What's that? Yeah. No, I was good. we'll get into Richie in a second. Yeah. Go ahead. So, this, God, and again, I can relate to this where, you like, Meta, I mean, uh, Carmel and Tony are, like, talking about, okay, listen, there has to be consequences. And, uh, you know. She finds, it, finds out we're powerless. We're fucked. Right. Oh, man, this is, like, so true. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Once they know that there's really nothing you can do to stop them from doing what they want to do. Then yeah. you're fucking done. This is the guy, you know, this is the guy that stood up to New York and Johnny Sack and, but Meadow, <laughs> yeah, he can't, he can't figure it out. He doesn't know how to handle his uh, 17-year-old. or Actually, at this point, she's what, 15 or 16? I, no, she has to be a junior in high school at this point, at least, or senior. Or oh, yeah, right, because she goes away to um, college. You're right. She goes yeah. away to college uh, in season three. Yep. This was, I think they even mentioned the SATs that they were, you yeah. know, studying for. Um you know, so then we uh, so we leave that scene, and now it's um, it's Richie, and he goes into a, a pizza parlor, and he sees Beansy, and we don't really <laughs> know a lot of this backstory, but I love the idea. I love I love this Gavon thing where Beansy's like <laughs> he, he tells his you know he tells his douchebag you know worker, you see my friend, you don't get him, get him a veal palm and get him a call, like, you know, all this bullshit, like, oh, yeah, stop the presses, here comes mob guy into a, a, a pizzeria, and you gotta, like, right. wait, like, you're, like, you're, you know, Lebec Finn, or what, I don't know what the uh, fancy restaurant is now anymore. I guess but, it was, uh, Beansy, it's like he, he never expected to see him again, he's probably like, I hope this guy gets fucking shanked in jail while he's away, so I don't ever have to deal with him again. And now he walks into his place, and he's like, oh, shit. Um, what are all the things that I could do for this guy that will maybe stop him from putting a bullet in my head or from just beating the shit out of me? And the answer is there's nothing that you could do. No. <laughs> no. Because Richie Appeal is a fucking sa- Appeal is a savage. A veal parm is not going to make up for the seven years you spent in the, cl- in the can. Right. But, uh, you um, know be- – Beansy has his moment. He's like, you know, I will not be shaken down. Why are you doing this to me? I, you know, I won't. I won't lay down. Which was a, yeah. a big mistake. I shouldn't have said that. It was. He he does lay down eventually in a fucking hospital bed as a fucking quadriplegic. <laughs> um, 
But go on. Um, and so and then, of course, Richie does the the famous coffee pot to the head, uh, <laughs> and, and all the ground punching him in the face. Uh, <laughs> you don't get to see those carafes too often these days. Uh, that was a nice uh, smash across the head with that glass carafe. My God, that's got to be painful, man. Especially besides just the glass shattering in your face, but then the hot coffee inside of it. The hot coffee. Uh, Sprayed all over you. I don't. I don't know what's worse. Plus, it was, yeah, yeah, and it was regular. And Beansy only drinks decaf at night. There's, you know, there's too much stuff. That. <laughs> well, and then by the way, he jumps on top of you. Yeah, and and starts, you know, smashing you in the face, uh, bust your nose up, uh, and everything else in it, front it, of all your customers. It, admittedly, along the, the those pussy lines, I have never had a coffee pot smashed in my head. I've never had a beer bottle smashed to my head i've never been punched in the face like like you know unmercifully so i don't i can't even (laughs) understand i don't know how you even wake up from this type of thing i'm assuming i would die if i got punched that many times but i don't know i would think i mean i thought that if you got hit in the nose like squarely in the nose i mean someone's on top of you they can just they smash you in the face right doesn't that like push the bones in your nose back into your brain that's what i've always heard you know, I guess if you get hit hard enough, I always wonder how these guys survive, like, punches like that. Yeah. Or you're not brain dead. I don't know. Yeah. And that's, but I that guess, was, you know. That was like the karate the karate move where you, you you punch up their nose and then the nose, yeah, the nose bone goes into their brain, right? Yeah. I mean, is that like a, a myth? That, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> We're such I'll assholes. What, I'll tell you what. That was enough to make me avoid a flight for my whole life. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm trying to avoid a direct shot to my nose at all costs. Right, I steer cleared of everything. Yeah, it's not because of my looks. I I just don't want to die uh, in a fist fight. No, but um, yeah. I mean, let's say I would say at this point, Richie. You know, when I first was watching the show, and even now, at this point, he's he's probably the most threatening character that we've seen. In oh, Sopranos, to, you know, to, oh, at this today. point. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe through the life of this series. Well, we'll, you know, we'll speculate on that, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's up I, there. He's top three. Absolutely. This is this is one of the craziest people we've ever seen. And he's uh, not, not a, a huge guy. Uh, he looks like he could hold his own, but he's short. Yeah. You know, short in stature. Um, but he's threatening, and his eyes—they're they're dead. He just got yeah. dead eyes. It was the Manson, Manson lamps. lamps. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you know that he um, what's his name, David Proval? Yeah. From from Mean Streets, of course. Yes. A movie that you and I love. Um, he actually auditioned for the role of Tony Soprano. Really? He did. Yeah, I don't see that. No, I don't either. I don't either. I don't know that he had Gandolfini's chops. He was a, lo- a long-time actor. I just don't know that I, he could have held up that that role. That's true. I, yeah, he. You know, although you see him in Shawshank, and he seems like, like he's, you know, he seems like he's a decent actor. But oh, he I, is. I hate to be a heightist, but yeah, you need to. Be, <laughs> yeah, you need to be at least as tall as I am. You know, I can't. You know, I would agree. I, I don't want Peter Dinklage to be the mob boss of fucking South. Well, now that's South just South. insensitive. 
I, you, you insensitive cocksucker. <laughs> Let's just take a look in the mirror, you insensitive <laughs> cocksucker. I apologize. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm six foot, so. I hear you. Um, I agree. Yeah, your height. I they couldn't even. I'm only five ten, five ten and a half. I don't. I, my boss has to be bigger than me. Oh, I'd say sick. your height. Your height are a little bit more. <laughs> Can you get on rides and like great adventure and shit? Oh, I know. Is that so short? Come on, the the average for God's sakes is like five seven. I'm well above the average. That's the average. Yeah, that's wow. average male height. Oh, that's a shame. That's, that's a bitch ass height. <laughs> but the, you know, uh, this is an amazing first scene. Yes, of a character. I mean, that's I. I should have. We should have thought about this. Like what. You know, this is this this is quite an introduction into a TV show. I'm trying to think: have there been better introductions of other characters on the show? And I I would say probably not. This is the best intro to a character that the Sopranos did, and giving you like, insight into what they are like. Yeah, yeah, you got insight. Um, <laughs> we're back to uh, we're back to Tony's house. And Tony and Carmella are like afraid. They're like, "All right, who's gonna wake her up?" <laughs> like, can you imagine? Uh, this is the part that drove me crazy. I'm not, you know, with with my daughter this week, where I'm like, oh, whatever. Maybe we'll talk what? about. It. No, it's just it just there's so much stuff where I'm like, I I could have punished you for a zillion things this week and haven't, and you're still like given attitude. You're still just like entitled. It's wild. It's wild. It. And now, is this what Chloe's doing to you right now? Yeah, that's what I was just talking about, Chloe. Yeah, that's like, you know, if I did half of the things she's done in the past month, I never would have seen the light of day. Yeah, well. And it's not even that I bad. Mean, it's not even bad things. Like, I'm like, I am super laid back with the drinking and with, you know, with even just doing stuff. But, but you guys aren't punishers, right? Not heavy punishers. No, not really. Yeah, I mean, you give them an inch, right, and they take a yard or whatever that sure. fucking saying is. I think that that's what it is. They they do that and they test the waters and you know what the hell, man. It's all normal. It's, all part of it's normal. Up. That's the part. It's normal. Yeah. But uh, you know, I have a sentimental weakness for my children, as you can see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, Godfather. So. Now Janice is sitting there and she's like, you know, this is normal. And she's right. You know, it's all about ego and control. And she's totally fine with whatever Meadow did. So then Meadow comes down and she blames some kid. And she's like, you know, uh, yeah, we don't hang out with them. They're just like burnouts and we don't do this. And, you know, it's so and, you know, they fall for it. And, you know, as all parents do. Right. I'm thinking about it. I think you should take away. I know what I did. You should take away my Discover card for two weeks. <laughs> Tony's like, no, three. And she's like, and, uh, and then she weasels cash out of them for gas for her car. And right. then, you know, the best part, obviously, is Meadow walking away and just laughing at them. as she. Oh, the smirk. the smirk. That's great. Like, uh, you know. When that Another finished, battle won. Right. This episode aired. I don't know even if Chloe was born. And I was like, oh, I was like, oof. Yeah, wait, was she born? I don't know. No, I don't think so. You should look at the air date. She probably wasn't. No, because I I have a feeling this is like 2001, right? This is probably 2000. Chloe's August. Yeah, it was January 30th of 2000. Holy shit. Yeah. And I was was like, oh my God, this is 
Yeah. I knew. Um, um, you didn't laugh when I threw the Discover card uh, joke at you uh, five days ago after you had been looking for your daughter for like an hour and a half at you know midnight. And I said, take away her Discover card. I, I didn't get a <laughs> chuckle out of you. You know, all right. Uh, that's That was the scary night where – so – so when I was traveling, I had a 4 a.m. flight, and and I was all excited. I'm like, it's like 11 o'clock. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get. I'm going to get. All right, at 4 a.m. I had to wake up. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to sleep for five hours tonight. I was actually excited about getting about five hours of sleep, and I get a phone call at midnight, and it's Chloe and Melinda, and it's all of them, and they're fighting, and it's and. Chloe was out all day and she comes home and then she decides she wants to see this, the sunrise and down the shore. And, and I'm like, and now I'm like trying to, to dictate via text and, and calls from, you know, Cleveland. Like, no, Holy this is what's going to happen. And I'm like, this is no, nothing's going to happen. I said, new rule. I said, I'm going to lose my mind when I get home. I'm taking everything. And I said, new rule when you come, cause you know, Melinda's like, she's going to leave. She's going to leave at like three in the morning for a sunrise. I'm like, new rule. You have to be home. Uh, at midnight every night and you can't leave our house until before 7 a.m. You're not leaving at 4 in the morning for sunrises. So I'm trying to get rid of this sunrise bullshit. Right. Uh, and so naturally I'm home the weekend three days later and her phone dies. She leaves work. We kind of see the find my phone. We see her driving and we're like, you know, she's kind of meandering her way home. And then, you know, uh, Mulan and I are having a great night where we're finishing up double shot at love. We're seeing who, uh. Vinny and Polly. Just you know, we're having a very wonderful night, and yeah. at a certain point, I hear the door open. I'm like, okay, that's Chloe coming in. And then we were just watching shows. And then I don't know if I heard the door reopen, but this is like 10:30, and so then like you know, the show ends. Actually, we were supposed to podcast, and then we're like, and then we're like, we're following her. She's like, where is she? Then her phone's dead. Her phone's dead like a mile from the house. And hold on a second. So we see the phone dies like a mile from the house, and now we're like, all right, now I'm texting her, no answer, and beeping her phone, nothing. And so now it's, I don't know, it's, a, it's 11, 10, 11, 15. So I'm like, no one, you know, we're texting a few of her friends, no one knows where she is. So now I go outside. I said, all right, Melinda, I'm going to go look where her phone died. I'm like horrified. I'm thinking maybe there's a car crash. Like that's what I'm expecting. I'm going to drive Jesus to a car crash where her phone stopped reporting. It's whatever. So I go outside and her car's in the driveway. And I'm like, Oh, what the fuck? So now I'm like, her car's here. Now I'm thinking anything. I'm not thinking she got kidnapped. Like, I oh don't my know God. what the fuck happened. I drive to the spot. There's nothing there. There's like a random house where I don't think she knows anyone at, I drive home and it's like 11:30, and now I'm just, you know, normally Melinda's like always the panicky one and the upset one, and now I'm right there with her. She's like crying. Of course. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, our our daughter's gone. We don't know where. Now we're texting everybody, her cousins, sure. all her friends. You know, dude, she's been like half hooking up with, like, and probably is. <laughs> oh, great. You know, old boyfriend, like. It's pure panic, and and I'm like, I went right there too. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to be like one of those parents that spends the rest of his life looking for his daughter. She, you know, at a certain point, you're going to hope she, you find her dead body, so you can like be at peace. What a fucking morbid! This is all Monday night. This is all within ten minutes, and and Melinda's like, should we call the police? I'm like, yeah, call the police. We called the police. 
it's 1130. I'm like asking my neighbor to look. He's got like a, you know, security camera. And I'm like, and, and then the cop comes, I run out, I go outside and I'm like, kind of just, you know, we're just standing, we're, we were sitting there for like 25 minutes, just kind of looking out the window. Like, what do we do? Like hoping to see someone pull up. Like, Oh my God, what a sick feeling. Oh my God. It was fucking horrible. I've never felt this way. And I'm like, and then I'm thinking like, were you crying? No, but I, I could, I could have been, I was, was right there because now I'm like, then I start thinking, oh my God, Hayden, what's, what's Hayden going to do for the rest of her life? And I'm like, this is all your fault because you've been letting her drink this month. Like you, you've been so, yeah. you've been so casual with everything. This is what happened. Like, this is your fault. And then I go outside kind of to greet like this cop. And of course the cops were so stupid. He passed our house and that's why I went outside. He went down like halfway down the block and then comes back. And, you know, got, you know, why would they know the neighborhood? But right, so right. then I'm looking to my left and I see like this pickup truck pulling up and I'm looking at, or I'm looking in and then I got a text from a friend saying she just texted me. She's coming home and I see her pulling up and I'm like the cops there. And then like some guy like introduces himself to me. I don't know what the fuck is happening. And like I just kind of like grab her and I'm like, you know, the cop leaves, the guy leaves. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you doing? She's like. I'm here for curfew. It's before it's before midnight. Now I'm oh, like, oh god, this is where you know she had she a point. Needs, she needs to be a fucking lawyer because she just, you know, she parses every word, and you know, and again, I, I'm bitten by my own snake or whatever that phrase is because I told her you can't leave the house from twelve to seven. Now she <laughs> decides that twelve is her new curfew. And, you know, yeah. days later, I'm like, Chloe, did you think I thought 12 was your curfew if I fucking called the cops? I mean, what do you know? And and it was fucking horrible. And the, I mean, this moment was if it, it, it changed me. It messed me up, man. It messed me up. It, it, it sounds like it did. Are you going back to church now after this? I st- yeah. You know what? I I think this was Sunday night. So I'll go this Sunday. OK. All right, I will see you there. I'm gonna head out to your church. You go Greek Orthodox, or what, what, where are you at? Yeah, I'm in, be- I'm in between. I can go both. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, I'm bi-religious. Um, you know what's amazing is in the midst of all that chaos, you, the professional podcaster that you are, you text me and say, "Hey, can't go tonight," or whatever the fuck the message was. Right. You know, it was very cryptic. I figured something was going on. I did you know, I didn't had no idea. Until you texted me at like one o'clock in the morning and said, "Fucking Chloe was missing," and you know all the shit that was going on. Uh, yeah, look, I can relate. I mean, I haven't had to. I can't relate to that exact uh, scenario. I can only relate to the panic you must have felt. You know, I got a daughter myself, and yeah, if she were missing for like thirty seconds, I'd probably fucking start to lose it. Um, <laughs> you know, if she decides. Of course, she has no concept of what we're talking about. I mean, Chloe, you're smart. The cops are here. Do I normally call the cops? Like, think about it. Like, maybe this wasn't just a regular missing curfew situation. And and so now, so, of course, you know, as soon as she walks in or whatever, I, I'm texting everyone we were texting. I'm like, say goodbye to Chloe. You're never going to see her for the rest of the summer. And oh, then, you know, now, meanwhile, perfect. she's going to Alabama in about a month. And she she's, has the guts to text us her itinerary. She's like, you can't punish me. This is my itinerary for it. And she lists every day what she's doing and where she's going and all this stuff. And so, you know, obviously I, I, I take her car and I'm driving her to work and she's freaking out because I'm driving her. And then she's, yeah. and then on the way to work, she's still telling me what she's going to be doing that night. I'm like, nothing, you're not going to be doing a thing. I'll be picking you up. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I was about to go in and talk to her. Like it was a fucking scene. And and by the way, she's on punished. It only the punishment lasted two days. Ah, oh, you fucking caved. You're no better than Tony no. and Carmella. You two over there. Well, I I do have to say I think she she kind of got there a little bit. Uh, but you know what? Like yesterday, I kind of ambushed Hayden for his birthday. Um, yeah. Because it was Seinfeld night at at Met at the Met up in New York. And they had a Seinfeld bobblehead. So I, like a week ago, I texted Hayden. I said, Hayden, I know it's your birthday and you don't care, but can we go to the Phillies? Can we go to the Phillies game? And he just texted me back, no, no thanks. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not doing that. Is that what he said? Yeah, no I'm not, thanks. I'm not doing that, old man. I, you know, I'll look for the text of his exact words. So, so now, so I, so I mentioned it, you know, in the house. And Willem's like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's go to the Phillies game for your birthday. I said, I said she's like, Hayden, just go with, go with your dad to the Phillies game. And then, like, the next night, Melinda's like, you know what? It's his birthday. I'm going to go to the Phillies game. So I didn't tell her either it was in New York. Right. And then I just assumed Chloe wasn't going to go. I'm like, I'm not even going to make her go to, to that. I was amazed that she was in the pictures. Well, I was. I have to say, I was shocked. Well, that's what I'm getting to. So, because, so, my plan was, I'm just going to start driving. And, you know, maybe they'll start asking me questions on the turnpike. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tell Melinda. So I told her like a couple hours before I said, we got to leave around two. Like, why are we leaving early? Why are we leaving at two for <laughs> like and, uh, tailgating? So then I said, Melinda, this is what the deal is. I want to go. It's, I want to go to the, the games in in New York. And then I figured we can go to, you know, the little Greek restaurant. And Melinda, of course, was pissed. I'm like, I oh. said, well, I can't tell Hayden this. We got to trick him to get into the car. And so then we're telling we're telling Chloe we're like yeah we're we're gonna kind of piss Hayden off because you know it's his birthday and he doesn't care about it so we'll just do this, and right. um, but Chloe to her credit, I think canceled her plans like she wanted to go, there was nothing really okay. you know I mean hate nobody wanted to go but me then, uh, but you know <laughs> I was like I, a great family outing I was really impressed that she you know we that's the funny thing we still do these family things the four of us, uh-huh. which I think is kind of odd for kids that that old like, i you think know. so i don't think i would have gone when i was chloe's age no. i think i would have been out on that trip you know this, this was a 10-hour trip we you know spent together and so i think you know yeah chloe's like stubborn she'll never like really admit to us stuff so i so i do think she gets it obviously i'm probably just out of my fucking mind again um you're trying to do you're like uh, it's the Clark Griswold in you you know you're trying to create some family moments it, yeah. it seems like to me right <laughs> yeah. fucking good you know look it doesn't last forever you know eventually yeah. they have their own families and you, you don't do these things anymore no I mean unless although Hayden turned 16 he's like I said Hayden when, when are you gonna start looking for jobs he's like never so he's gonna, <laughs> sounds like Olivia yeah he's she gonna, told me she's never gonna get a job oh good yeah. yeah, so they'll be here a while. They'll be with That's us. Fine, I'll be working till I'm 70. <laughs> no difference. <sighs> yeah. So that... Now, why doesn't Hayden like uh, birthdays? Well, he is, um, you know, I've, I don't know if he's just naturally like me or I've coached him up to be super cynical about everything about life. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely, like... I've coached them up at how all holidays and birthdays are basically bullshit. But now I'm trying what, to go, what? I'm trying to go to the other one. Why ones. are birthdays bullshit? What's that? I'm sorry to interrupt, but why are birthdays bullshit? 
What about yeah. them is bullshit? It's not that they're bullshit. It's that they're like, listen, I like to see my birthday, the day, you know, I like to like to just see it. Like, oh my god, that's uh-huh. cool. You know, I'm always, you know, you grow up loving your birthday. It's fun, but but after a while, you know, everyone, you know, the 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 adults, like, hey, it's my birthday week, or hey, I'm thirty, or I'm turning thirty. We gotta like stop the, you know, stop the world. Like, everyone just needs to cut it the fuck out. It's just a birthday. Like, get get on with it. Once you turn. I don't know, 21, you know, just kind of move on. I mean, let's, let's, let's acknowledge it, you know, maybe have a dinner or something, but you know, I think people get extreme with their birthdays. Oh, well, if you're talking, all right. So if you're talking about the lengths that people go to celebrate a birthday and how friends need to put their fucking life on hold for a week and family and, and everyone else, because it's your birthday, I agree. That's bullshit. I don't care what age you are, unless you you know your kids. You celebrate your kids and their birthdays, whatever. I agree, but I mean, I think there's something to the passing of another year in your life. Like I made it. You think about all the shit that goes wrong in a year, and all the think about the different ways you could have fucking died that year. You know, all the driving, all the traveling. Like it's like I made it. I made it another year, and then you have your milestones like your thirtieth, your fortieth, your fiftieth. Like those are. I'm not saying stop the world, but wow, I made it another decade. I, I think that there's something to that, like celebrating the fact that you're still fucking alive. I, I never I never considered that. That's an interesting take. I agree with that to some extent. That the decade thing, like obviously if 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 I had to choose a number for my uniform, I would prefer thirty over twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Like I understand yeah. that decades are, you know, you know, even numbers are cool and stuff, but you know, the I we go so nuts over these 20, 25, 30, 40, 50. Like, yeah. I mean, when, when you're turning 50 and you're acting like it fucking matters, like you haven't you haven't you haven't figured life out yet. If you think going from 49 to 50 means a fucking thing, like, you well, know, uh, it means I, you got to go get your prostate checked. <laughs> that's 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 what's monumental about that birthday. <laughs> It's you know I do you ever hear do you ever have the people that are getting married or they're like or they'll ask you about their your marriage or they expect that their marriage is well yeah things are going to change once you know once we have after the ceremony like if things are changing that much <laughs> in your relationship like after the actual ceremony something's wrong with your your relationship you know well, I, nothing changes I mean there are things that change financially and all that you know legally. But nothing changes. Your relationship is the exact same. Well, of course. That's what I mean. I think the people that think like, something magical happens once you leave that altar are the same uh, ones that think something magical happens when you go from 29 to 30. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I they do. They believe in fairies yeah, I, and fucking angel dust. I agree with you that reflecting on the year or, or living another year is probably a good take on it. Um, Just think about like all the shit that happens in a year. You know, this is the year where Chloe went missing for fucking two hours or whatever. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, you probably sprouted about 75 to 100 more grays on your head. Um, You know, I mean, it's the little things like that. You're like, holy shit. All, if somebody could list out for you all the things that happened in a year on your birthday, like, here's all the shit that happened to you this year, you'd probably be fucking amazed. Yeah. But, you know, we just deal with it. It's just life, day to day. You forget about that. I forget about shit that happened three days ago, let alone, you know, nine months earlier in the year. So, I, to me, that's just what it is. That's all that it's about. I don't care about, 
oh, I'm fucking 46. You know, we all got to get together. And, you know, I don't need that. But it, I, not yeah. bullshit, though. I, I'm, I, I'm guilty of, like, all right. I'm like, Melinda, all right, we're married 20 years this year. All right, let's do something, us, the two of us, or something. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of guilty of it as well, but it's, I don't yeah. know. You fall into. Well, I mean, that's your relationship. It's I'm okay st- to celebrate that. Yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm still technically a member of society, so I gotta, I gotta go along once in a while with this stuff. But Hayden, Hayden, last year, his 15th birthday. You know, I don't know when he was. He was in his room until 2 p.m. or maybe 3, and. <laughs> So around 2.30, Chloe and Melinda start decorating his door with streamers, like like an avalanche of streamers. Like he'd have, you know, he would need a machete to cut through him to get out of his door. Yeah. So he hears all this stuff. And now I'm sitting there like videoing, waiting for him to come out. This motherfucker did not come out of his room. I, we no. Gave, we gave up and left. He will not come <laughs> out until he heard us tear everything down. Now he's also shy. He doesn't want the attention and all that kind of stuff too, even with us. Oh, sure. But so like this year, Melinda didn't even like she didn't buy him a present. He's like he just ignores it every year. She's like, I'll wait till he tells me what he wants. We didn't get we didn't get our son a birthday present. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. That kid, like you like to call yourself cynical and you know angry at the world. That kid is the fucking Zen master of cynicism, and it's all a big nothing. You should be praying at his altar if you, if that's the church you're trying to go to. He's got it down. Oh, he does already, already. It, yeah, he he's got it. It is all a big nothing, and then he'll be sitting there, and then man. You know, you, you'll you'll leave yourself open with a dumb comment, and he, man, he will tear you down with one little word. And he nails you. Oh my God, it's brutal. He kills me and Melinda, obviously. Uh, oh, easy pick. I'd like to go toe to toe with him. I like a challenge like that. Yeah, uh, this is the only reason I'm not worried about this kid is because I think he's got a a, a quick brain. Can we get Hayden on the podcast? <laughs> I wonder. I, I don't know. What? What? Do, I don't, don't know what he would want to talk about. Don't you think that would be interesting? I don't know. Yeah. I'll let. I'll leave it open to him. But he probably. He probably won't want to talk about anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what are his interests? I don't know, he's playing some. I don't, I don't know if it's Fortnite anymore. It's something else. And. Uh, oh. And. Uh, yeah, I don't know. NBA. He watches Big Brother. <sighs> Big Brother started. Okay. He watches that somehow. I feel like, yeah, I'm surprised he watches that. Me too. And he's not a Bachelorette guy, I'm assuming. No, oh my God, he makes fun of Melinda. Oh, and he destroys me about it. He must. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's it's not, and kid. it's not politically correct, what he said. <laughs> what I'm he sure it's not. Me. I'll bet it's not. <laughs> I'm sure Trump would approve of his comments, though. <sighs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, I guess we should get back to... Uh, uh, back to the Sopranos. Oh yeah, sorry. We left I, off somewhere. Yeah, I, I had yeah. Like I said, Chloe messed me up. I it, destroyed your week. Yeah, it's all I can it think. started off on the wrong foot. Yeah. Um. So uh, now we're at Satrials, and uh, Tony meets sees Richie there, and um, and then Christopher comes, and this yeah. is where you get the famous, you know. Uh, I you know heard you're smacking around on my niece or something. 
something like that. And Christopher's like, where'd you hear that from? He's like, you know, you getting, what's he say? You getting jerky with me, kid? Yeah, you getting jerky with me. And then, uh, you know, uh, until you give her your last name, you keep your hands in your pockets. So you're going to, you know, you're going to hear from me. And, uh, you know, he shakes his hand and leaves. And then Richie decides he's a good kid. I know, wait, hold on, there's two things about that, so yes, number one, that's just a fucking great line, it's a good kid, I love that, Yeah. what about his exchange there with Christopher, told him that Christopher was a good kid, I would would love to know, probably because he came up kissing his ass, that's probably number one. He's beat my knees, Um, but then he shook my hand and said, alright. Right, right. he he paid his respects. Right. Um, the, The other thing is, as long as you put your last name on her. You could go ahead and beat her around the house. Oh, yeah. Coffee it, pot her head. You do whatever that. you got to do. Yeah, run her absolutely. over. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jesus Christ. What a fucking greaseball this guy is. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Like, Tony doesn't go around hitting Carmella. You know, I mean, that's a different era of gangster between Richie and Tony, right? They're not, they're not in the same universe. Yeah, you know, it's interesting now that I think of it. Of Tony never hitting Carmella, you know, came close once, but even then didn't really do it. Yeah, um, and now he was really being provoked. I, is this in that because moment? I think this is true. Like, yeah, I don't think every mob guy is just going to be a wife beater. I think you got to not a, all Carlos. I, yeah, Carlo I think and you got to be a certain kind of asshole to ever hit your your wife. Or yeah, you're a sociopath. You don't. Yeah. You wouldn't. It doesn't matter that you're a, a gangster, you're in the mob, you would just be that asshole anyway. Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking of Jake LaMotta, and then I'm thinking of, yeah. you know, his brother, and yeah, you know, it's one's got, one's a crazy man with head trauma, and the other's just kind right. of a regular guy that didn't beat his wife, so... Right. Hmm. Yeah, so, I just thought that was interesting, I'm like, Jesus Christ, is this the fucking logic? Uh, you know, once you marry her, then you can fucking slap her around? <laughs> Yeah. Does uh, Melinda know that? These are the f- that you <laughs> that you have that right? No, I wish. These are the guys we're talking about who decide that once you get married, yeah, oh, there, there she's your property. Things will change. She'll start cooking right. and cleaning better. You know, uh, <laughs> these, these this is the this is the guys we're talking about. Yeah, geniuses. But I love the character anyway. Oh yeah, we have we have um, we have this should have been Silvio's uh, Emmy submission here. Uh, or what's his name, Stevie Van Zant's when uh, when Tony leaves after he tries to talk about Richie tries to talk about his shy business and and uh, Silvio's like can't talk to the skip about business, not now and never here. here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're right. That was probably one of his better deliveries, Stevie Van Zant. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> so now they're uh, Tony's at dinner with all the crew. Uh, Paulie's telling him about Beansy, how fucked up he got, and um, and then so uh, Melfi is finishing up a dinner with her friends, and they you know they had a bottle of wine I think, and uh, they go by and she sees Tony and she's kind of shocked and she's like oh try to veal, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then as she walks up the steps she has she says the uh, uh, episode's title Toodaloo. And uh, right. then Pussy decides, you know, then we have dumbass Pussy can spot blowjob lips. And uh, Tony, Tony finally relents. Yeah, yeah, she was great. And they're like, oh, I love this I, this idea of like, oh, yeah, Tony's our hero because he got a blowjob at one point. Like, who I, fucking cares? 
I know. Would you and your friend? Would your friends ever have been like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, it, giving a shit"? Like, right. who cares? Why? Why couldn't I just? Yeah. What if I just? Uh, you know, she was my dentist, or you know, whatever. Um, well, and this is also the moment where Paulie says to Silvio, "You remember your first blowjob?" And Silvio says, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, well, what did he say?" He's like, "Did he? Uh, did the guy long, come?" How long did it take the guy to come? That's what it was. And then he repeats. Um, How'd you forget this? Then Tony, then Paulie repeats the joke seconds later. Tony, did you hear what I yeah. said? And then he really he relays it like word for word. I always hated that about Paulie. I, I that was one thing that got under my fucking skin. Are there guys like that? That do that? Yes. Ah. Oh. Yes. Repeaters. Repeaters. All right. Probably two times. Okay. Yeah. Um, Melfi. Now we cut to her in, in her therapy session, and um, you know she's with Elliot Kupferberg or whatever, who was played by uh, Paul Bogdanovich or something like that. Pete. Peter. Peter. Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I have to say this guy. Uh, all right, so Carolla talks about this all the time. Where like this is like one of those creepy guys that marries like, like the young starlet. Like I think he was involved with Sybil Shepherd. But the big thing is, there was a playmate, Dorothy Stratton from 1980. Yeah, uh, where he star 80. Yeah, right, right. So he marries her, and then she gets murdered, and then he marries her sister. Like in really, what, in what world is this director? getting this kind of chick and then her, her hot I'm, I'm guessing just his hot sister like what a creepy guy and I've always hated this guy and throughout the series I couldn't stand looking at him I hated his big water bottle with the net on it like I, <laughs> I know he is so annoying Ugh. and his daughter's annoying oh yeah his daughter I hate this guy I hate him that, in real life yeah. I hate him on the androgynous show androgynous blob that is his daughter <laughs> yes oh oh what is I just oh he's so just so horrible. Um, he's annoying. I the only thing that's interesting about him is that he does like they pose him as he he does seem to be good at what at what he does. Yes, yeah. And so. so he asks good questions of Melfi or he cuts right through the bullshit to, you know, whatever he thinks is going on. I like that. Yes. But he's annoying. I agree. Right, yeah. So Melfi thinks that she was a toodaloo. He's like Toodaloo is a, is, a, is a perfectly acceptable form of communication, whatever he says. Yeah, what is he talking about? And she's like, oh, no, not. I was a, dix, a ditzy young girl that escaped and abandoned a patient, and I like she went into little girl mode or something. Um, yeah, I didn't understand that, but whatever her fucking explanation yeah, was, it made so no sense to me. Like a little girl. So, um, yeah, okay. So now we see uh, a yoga class, and Richie and Janice are in it, and downward facing dog. Is this... Is this the first time this kind of got into the lexicon? Like, did you ever, have you ever heard of this phrase before? I feel like everyone is aware of it now. Like that'll be. I did. I mean, I don't know how much I knew about yoga back in the back in two thousand. Um, that was probably one of the first times I had heard of it. Yeah, I feel like. This, but I mean, you know, yoga's been around forever, right? Yeah, it just seems like this is like the the yoga joke. Like, oh, downward dog. Like, this seems like I don't know. I know. Um, You're right. So anyway, they, he catches up with Janice afterwards, and you know, she's you know she's surprised he's there, and, and she talks about her and small talk, and then you you know, this is foreshadowing here. Um, yeah, Tony meets uh, Richie at the mall, um, <laughs> and you know, 
Richie just doesn't get that this guy's like the boss and he, he's like going back to, hey, I, I saved you, you know, from the hit parade when he broke up Feature's card game, which was, you know, who knew how significant this card game was going to be? In this I game. know. I love how they allude to that card game here and there. Yeah. You know, and the, yeah. it becomes an actual thing. And he's, he's like, telling you know, you got to lay off Beansy. He's a good earner. And, you know, Richie, Richie fires back. Well, what's mine is not yours to give. Um, he's got balls the he way really he talks does. to Tony. He really does. Like, you know, he just does not. And you think he's old school. He would treat the boss better. But um, and then he's like, well, I think you? Tony makes that point also. He's like, for somebody who's, you know, quoting the fucking rule book all the time, you know, why aren't you paying, paying respect to your fucking boss? Was that this scene? And I, I thought so. I thought that was in the mall, but maybe I'm wrong. I think that was Christopher later where, where he's like, if you can quote the rule quote the rules you can obey them hmm but okay i i don't know i i could have sworn he said something to richie like that here uh but you know, no, he, maybe you're right yeah there was something close to that but fuck i watched does richie wear a fucking members ago. only jacket yes he does he have, does doesn't he <laughs> horrible you know if you look at my safari history you'll see that i looked up members only jackets on amazon uh, <laughs> do you have one? My whole now? my whole life, I've never had one, and I'm thinking oh, I, would, I had two. I would like to. Oh, you, you had two? I did. What colors? Uh the one was like a a very light gray, like almost white. Yeah, but it was gray, and then the other one was like a <laughs> I don't know, like a navy blue. You're a true gangster. I, you know, I feel like I may have <laughs> I may have had a fucked up looking jacket, but I don't think it was members only. Like we were too poor for oh. members only. Uh, poor son of a bitch. I think I wanna, I wanna get one, and I wanna just—it's a perfect jacket for me because I hate jackets, and this will be nice. Yeah. This will be light. Like I would wear this all winter, and I think it'd be funny. Well, then you gotta wear like one of those crazy knit golf shirts that Richie wears, and then put the members-only jacket yeah. over it. <laughs> You'll look perfect, and like a pair of khakis or whatever, whatever <laughs> the fuck he wears, those mobster pants. Yeah. Old style Don pants. I really don't be shocked if you see me with a members only jacket this winter. If the, the let's meet up at the mall. I want you to come dress like that. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just like talk to each other. I'll hold my hand over my mouth like. Hey, uh. what, what, yeah. what, what day do you want a podcast? This, who's this fucking guy? Who's this fucking guy? Who's this? <laughs> uh, so yeah. now, uh, so, so so Richie's trying to he so Tony's telling him to lay off Beansy. Yes. Right. Uh, and so now uh, Janice goes to Olivia's house. She gets her disability check. She's all excited. Then she looks in and sees the house, and she's like, "What the fuck? It's a, it's a fucking disaster." <laughs> yeah. So then she comes after on. she was just like crowing about how you got to let these kids be free. Yeah. And they got to grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she comes home and she's like, you know, talking to Carmela. Carmela's like, she's been punished. She's like, oh, my own three weeks, no credit card, and. <laughs> It's it's Is this where there's no Tony calls her a Vishnu come lately. Right. I was about to say there's no chance that we can ever rank or list the great lines of this show. There's too many. But when he says you come in here like a Vishnu come lately, <laughs> I I I, I mean I know it's going to be topped by something, but God, that's fucking yes. great. Um, it will. You know. You played a concerned daughter, but you're here to pick the bones. You got a lot of balls, he tells Janice. And, uh, 
you know, then Carmella finally yells at her, you Sopranos are all the same. Mind your fucking business. Keep your mouth shut when it comes to my kids. <laughs> yeah, Car- I like how Carmella Carmel dresses her down. Yes. Janice is like, maybe I should leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, Junior's at the doctor's. His hip is fine. He's meeting up with Richie. Richie's like, hey, put your shirt off. <laughs> I'm getting a chubby. Does Junior <laughs> um, He knows how to butter Junior yeah. up too, man. He really Junior just loves to have to to um to have sunshine blown up his ass. That's all he loves. Yeah, even something that dumb. Um and here's a great God, here's the next great line. Federal marshals are so far up my ass I could taste brill cream. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that's a classic one. Classic. Remember that CD I told you about with the, all the Sopranos quotes at the end? That was yeah, one of them was also. On there. Yep. Um, and then he offers up his services to Junior. He'll, you know, he'll be his new guy. Um, whatever, wherever, yeah. whenever, yeah. whatever the fuck he Just says. Dead yeah. eyes. Yep. They're, um, they're at the Bada Bing for a welcome home party for Richie. And for some reason, there's a comic on stage. Um, yeah, what is the deal? I hate that guy. Yeah. That announced Like, what is he trying to be? Uh, Ed Sullivan or something? Uh, yes. Terrible. Uh, they're upstairs, and, and then they're handing, you know, Richie is welcome him envelopes. And Paulie argues with some guy. This was, I don't, for some reason, I don't even know if you noticed this on the why it happened. Um, Wait, refresh my memory. Pa- Who's the, he arguing with? Some guy. Paulie just decides to argue with some guy who gave an envelope. I don't know, it's just, it seems so... Oh, cool. that big fat guy. Yeah. Is it like a big fat guy? Yeah. I don't know what the point of that was. What What does the guy say about... Does he say something about Paulie's mother? I can't remember. The guy says something funny, I thought. Yeah, I don't. I forget. I didn't write it down, Shit. so it couldn't have been that good. Uh, we're uh, doing a great job here. Yeah, um, Yeah. I don't know. It's, I guess it's just guys busting balls. I don't know why. what the significance of that guy was, though. Yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, they're, you know, um, Christopher, I think, says, you know, Richie's got a real real attitude problem. Uh, <laughs> then he gets a blowjob, and I guess that's it. Um, it seems like he didn't enjoy it. No, yeah. <laughs> He's too embarrassed to act like he had an it's orgasm. most unenthusiastic uh, end to a, to a blowjob, I guess, in history. Um. Then he goes after his party. He goes to find Beansy, and Beansy's at the car, and he's like, "So now we kind of get more backstory." So Beansy was moving heroin for the Aprils, and he invested it wisely. I guess that's why he has all his pizzerias. And then, you know, I guess Richie either fucked it up or just went to jail over it. And I guess so. So this this is pretty typical of a guy like Richie deciding that because this guy was smart, now he owes me because you know I. Obviously, oh, he didn't come and visit him in the can. Is that what it was? Like well, he didn't come see him. He didn't give him some money when he got back. Perhaps, but I think Richie's more along the lines of "fuck." Because first of all, when they were moving the heroin, you know, Richie took probably seventy-five percent. It was probably a seventy-thirty split, but yet somehow Beansy you know, turned that thirty split into you know all these stores, and yeah, you know. Uh, why Why would Beansy not go to this homecoming party for Richie? Like, you know how he is. You know what this guy expects. If you're smart, just go ahead. I like I know, You know that you, you're going to lay down. He already demonstrated that in right. your own pizzeria when he smashed a coffee carafe in it, uh, across your face. You know, why don't you just go pay your respects? Like, I'm not saying Beansy should have been crippled. 
But sometimes you got to do the smart thing when you're in that world. That's a great. Like, you know, go pay pay the guy respect. That's a great point. Yeah, he should have went there that night. You're right. He's a dummy. He'd still be walking today. Not that Beans he struck me as like you know a genius <laughs> that he would have come up with this thought, but. I, don't know, I was always like, why wouldn't you just go do it? That's all that the guy wants is for some cash and to be paid some respect. Yeah. That's all he cares about. Yeah. Well, um, there's probably some themes of control or, or along those lines too. Like when we now we go to Carmela knocking on Janice's door and you can hear some music in there and, and Janice is like, the music too loud? She's like, no. And Carmela apologizes to her and then they talk about Janice's kid a little bit and then uh, at the end uh, they're like, yeah, Harpo. And, uh, you know, maybe you can't, maybe, you know, you could stay here. It's fine. And then, and then as she's leaving, she's like, maybe with the music, just turn it down a little bit. <laughs> you know, whatever she's listening Janice, to her hippie yeah, rock. Janice is the last person you want flopping in your house. Um, yeah, she'd be a poor house guest. Yeah. So now we're, uh, we're, we're at the beansy scene. So this is the, you know. He finally he oh so before when he was talking about the heroin, Beansy just ran away and then Richie Richie fired gun at him, right? He does, he yeah, he does him. fire a gun at him. So mm-hmm. now we're back and it's like hours later and I don't know why Beansy didn't see this truck over just, you know, twenty feet away. <laughs> I uh, know. just turns his lights on. But so Beansy's like, you know, getting into his Cadillac and then before he can get in, here comes here comes Richie basically smashing his legs against the car and then running him over a few times. And uh, <laughs> this is pretty fucking horrible. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. And uh, so that's that. Psychotic, yeah. man. Um, now we see Meadow of, you know, they want independence and, you know, they talk about how basically they're manipulating their parents and, you know, singing no scrubs and just just complete slobs with everything they're doing. Like, if they're talking about how they should be responsible adults and they can't even pour, like, cocoa into the fucking... A sloshing oh. hot chocolate all over the counter. I was so... The OCD yes. part of me was really... that Because I have a little measure of OCD, especially in the kitchen. That really bothers me every time I, I watch know. that scene. I'm like, uh, you got to wipe that up, girls. And the, yeah, the burnt pan and the whole thing. And, you know, oh. she's like, yeah, they took away my credit card for three weeks. It was my idea. And then they're like, and then this is where she brings up. She's like, yeah, you the way my father makes a living, like she's alluding to, like, how can they break my balls over anything? So she's playing with it. Yeah, her and all her friends know it. You know, they yeah. talk about it, I'm sure. So, yeah. So, you know, I guess in their mind, that's their, you know, that gives them license to do whatever. Right. Um, Richie visits Livia. Um, <laughs> first thing she says to him is, I thought you were dead. Yeah, I and, thought you were dead. And, oh, that's my brother. Yeah, he had cancer. She's like, me too. Um, oh, she's like, shut that curtain. The, the lady next to her is talking. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, get, uh, like, what does she say? She's, uh, you know, Richie loves that when she tells her something. Curtain. She's like, she's looking for Janice. And then he says something. She's like, he's like, you know what? I should wash your mouth out with soap. And she's like, who's going to do it? You? <laughs> yeah, someday somebody's going to wash your mouth out with soap, he says. Uh, I wish the Lord would take me. And then, uh, <laughs> and then she gets all mad when, you know, the Janice tells her to shut up. And uh, she's like, you say the same thing all day. You have no shame. I have plenty of shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one more. Richie says, I... 
he used to come pick up Janice. I guess they were dating, and he would beep the horn. She's like, pimps beep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, couldn't you just sit and listen to this woman Ugh. pontificate for just hours on end? So, Her and Junior, both. What a treasure. They could have done a comedy show, those two. Yep. Um, and the Catskills. They, uh, then the, Richie and Janice go to the cafeteria. Um She's like, Richard, it's ridiculous to decompensate now. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. Decompensate? Yeah. It was such a weird made-up word. Um, Is that when you take money away from someone? I don't know. Uh, After they do a good deed for you? Then uh, the party oh, – so now it's back to Meadow and Tony and the party. It wasn't my fault. How many fucking times can I say it? She cur- Now she's cursing at her parents. I love this. Yeah. Uh, and then Tony's like to Carmel, my sister was halfway out the door and you fell for her con. And then Carmel's like, I'm just trying to be Christian. He's like, that's <laughs> that's like, don't be Christian. She's Buddhist. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Richie brought Livia flowers. And then, and then Janice brings them to the house. Uh, yeah, right. And then Tony's like, what are them? I think I hear them crying, I guess, because she thinks that every everything has a life force or something to it. <laughs> right. He loves making fun of everything. Yeah, he, he destroys Janice. Um, then we have, uh, Melfi's dreaming wizard of Oz song in the rain and then Prozac and horns and there's panic and he crashes, Tony crashes through the hood and she drives by. And so she wakes up and writes it in her, her, her dream journal. Uh, yeah, you know how I feel about dream sequences. I hate them and I hated that one. Really? Yeah. You're out of the woods, you know, the wizard of oz music playing i'm not a big wizard of oz guy either so i think that bu- that bugged me um yeah i just don't like the dream sequences i don't know yeah. that was just her guilt right yeah you're way off with the dream sequences i think they're awesome they're terrible nah, they're fucking great. They're terrible uh they did some uh, i like some of the what you know i like the ones at the end of the season well um at the end of this season which we will get to um surrounding pussy and, and yeah. all that but I don't know. For the most part, I don't really love them, and God, they do so many of them on this show. Some, some of the dream sequences, so they vary from obviously this. Well, they all start out where you don't know if it's a dream, and then they yeah. Actually, maybe they all do that. Then they some of them are really ridiculous. But do you prefer the ones that you're tricked, where it becomes a dream and you didn't really you thought it was real, or do you like the ones that are so ridiculous you know they're a dream? Or but you don't like I hate you don't like any of them. I hate I hate them all equally. However, I will say I at least prefer where it starts out where I don't know if it's a dream because then at least there's some semblance of reality there or something that makes sense. I, I you know, I just I don't like dream sequences. The only one I ever found interesting was um I guess it's coming up. I can't remember what season it is, but when Tony's in the car. I, oh, no, he's not in a car. He goes to uh, uh, some house or something like that. I don't know if he's in Italy or where the hell he is. And he just peeks in and he sees, like, the shadow of his mother. I, I always thought that was an interesting dream. Uh, the rest of them I don't really like. I don't get the symbolism in them, really. I don't know, man. I think they're all interesting. You're such a gavone about this. This is such an interesting way. We are, Everyone dreams. Maybe you don't dream in real life, but... A, I don't. I to, That's what I told you. I, oh. I guess I dream. I just never remember them. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, so I have no appreciation for them. I mean, dreams are so – yeah, they're so wild when you try to describe them to everybody or think about them or tell your wife and you're like, yeah, you know, you were there but you weren't you. But it was, you know, and all these kind of, you know, the dream tropes. But 
I think they're all good depictions of how dreams are just kind of, you know, just odd little takes of your life and they're so close. Do you have the do you ever dream where like you woke up already but then you fell right back to sleep in a deep sleep but now you think you're awake and running around and doing stuff like starting your day? Have you ever had those? You, not, you don't even have those? Not not very much. No, or not very often. No. I I can't remember any. I don't know. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm dead inside. Yeah, I think you have to. I, I, I don't know what it is. You have to open yourself up, Johnny, to the world. I hate life. when people like relay their dreams to me. <laughs> I can't stand <laughs> it. Like it's like listening to. I feel like uh, what's his name? Did you see Seven? Yeah. Get with uh, Kevin Spacey. I feel like him when he describes like what he's. I think it's in his like crazy notebook that he keeps. That he's describing sitting on the subway and somebody talking to him, and he just wants to cry he's so fucking bored that's how i feel when somebody's relaying their <laughs> dream details to me i'm just like i i really don't care at all and then you put on your strap on machete and then walk the streets no i'm not i don't then go on a murderous uh rampage huh. no i just uh, it's just they're meaningless to me I, they're not real i think you should work on dreaming and then remembering your dreams get a little journal out so you can write them down I guess if I took some Ambien or something like that, I'd probably have some vivid dreams. Yeah, yeah, you have to open up a little bit. Right? Yeah, uh, closed off, that's what it is. Tony visits Beansy in the hospital, and he's, is that traction? Is that what you call traction when you can't move or whatever? I never, I never, I never yeah, I think so, you're in traction. Mm -hmm. He asked him if he, he could pick up BBC on the, on the halo. <laughs> uh, and of course, Beansy's wife is, you know, so disgusted with Tony and uh, of course um, don't so, so then there you know Tony Tony talks about you know the doctors don't listen to spiner the spinal uh, don't listen to doctors spinal spinal cord injuries are a big mystery to them my my uh, Paulie's cousin broke his back and now he's dancing tango competitions wasn't that um, didn't he come into the future doesn't doesn't Paulie complain about his dancing cousin or something uh, that sounds familiar, but I can't. I can't recall it. Uh, Tony. Tony puts a handkerchief up and lets Beansy blow blow his nose, and then he's like, "You know, I need I need someone <laughs> to wipe my ass for me." And he's like, "A nose is as far as I'm going to go." <laughs> um, you know, and he, Paul Tony reminds, even though his wife is there and you know is real, real bitchy to Tony. You know, Tony has to remind Beansy that you know we don't rat. You know, Paul uh, Beansy says it a million percent. I know it was him. You're lucky I'm no rat. And um, you know, yeah. I mean, I I don't know how much I would care about the code at that point. No, no. To be honest with you, I could give two shits, but I, you're right. I wouldn't tell Tony that. I mean, what? I mean, how many friends does Richie have at this point that would go after Beansy if he, you know, went to the police? Who likes Richie? Right. Who's loyal to him besides maybe Junior? I mean, I mean, unless Tony is so scared ultimately of what paper trail Beansy will leave back to him is the only reason he doesn't want it. Well, Beansy or Richie. You know, if Richie goes down for something, then Richie, you know, please for whatever, you know, whatever way. I don't know what he would have on Tony. I don't know how much has happened since he's gotten out. Yeah. And what he knows, but I don't know. Uh, if I was beans, yeah, I'd say, I'm going to do what I want here. I don't care. You got to worry about your family, though. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, Tony and Richie, 
you know, Tony's yelling and screaming at him, and then Richie, like, jokes about, you know, I went over him, and what did he say? I, I rolled over him and backed up again or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, it's hilarious. I, I didn't get too much out of that conversation beyond that, or maybe I was just tired of taking notes. Um, and then, so Tony goes, and he's going to change. He's got, meeting a locksmith at Livia's, and he's changing the locks. And then he sees Meadow in there, like, scrubbing the floor and gagging at the barf and everything. And then he kind of turns around, confused, as he leaves. Um, what, what did you take? What was your take on this? Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe that there's two things. Number one, I was always surprised by the fact that Meadow went over there and actually cleaned up the house. You know, I guess it goes to show that maybe she's not just the spoiled teenager. There actually is a, a soul and a heartbeat inside there. Right. Um, as, as far as Tony being surprised, I guess for him it's the same way. Like, wow, maybe my daughter isn't just a spoiled brat. Maybe she does get it a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how much more there was there, but I think it was just you learned a little something about Meadow in that moment. That's all. Let me go. I think uh, I, I think what's his name? I think uh, Sepinwall had a take. Um, he probably did. I just don't recall what it was. I don't either. I'm looking at it now, and it's. He didn't love the episode, really. It wasn't his uh, favorite. Yeah, maybe I read it somewhere else about. What grade do you give this one? It's an A. It's an A. it's an absolute A. For me, I mean, you know, you could talk me into an A plus if necessary, but when you factor in the Meadow stuff and then this, you know, just a Richie introduction of this character, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going too deep into the themes or necessarily the story or the logic of any of it. I just think it's great. No, I would agree. It's an A. I mean, if only, if even if I was just boiling it down to, it's the introduction of. One of my favorite characters, um, or one of my favorite, I guess, part-time characters in the history of The Sopranos. Yeah. Um, you know, Richie was, he was definitely a welcome addition to the series, and he was kind of threatening and scary, and, you know, I liked all that, and he was kind of, not only that, he was just, anybody that presents a difficulty for Tony, they make the show interesting, you know? Um, so, and that's what he was, for sure. He's the, he's the antagonist in this season. When you when you consider that David Chase originally was thinking this could be a movie, The, the Sopranos, and then yeah. and then made it a, a television series. You, I mean, we kind of know he didn't really have the character arcs figured out ahead of time. So the introduction of this character, um, it, it's 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 just great work. It's great work. Yeah, they were probably really pleased when they saw what. Uh, David Proval was able oh, to, yeah. you know, like, wow, this guy's just electric and he really could command the scene. You know, when that guy could be in a scene with James Gandolfini and go toe to toe, which I think he does every time they're on camera together, you know, that's, that says something. I mean, not many other actors on the show were able to do that with him. It's so true. And why I want to look up his, his filmography. Um, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I know, like you said, he was in Shawshank, and, and we know he was in Mean Streets. I, I don't know what else he 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 did. Like it's it's an underwhelming career because, like, we only know him for three things, and one of them was 1973. 
Uh, God. You know, Mean Streets, and then he's doing, like, character work, Kojak. Um, you know, the films are like, you know, there's there's nothing there's nothing no. here that we know about. Um, oh, he played Uncle Charlie in, in Rusty. What? Actually, that's that's a movie that's coming out this year. I have no idea what it is. Uh, um, yeah, he's got nothing. It's just nothing. It's random TV work. You know, one episode at a time on on different things. You know, Shawshank, Brady Bunch movie. He was an electrician. I don't remember that. I um, know. Uh, you know, some. I don't know. He's got nothing. A lot of dogs in these films, and it's like, all right. So you figure. So 2000 and 2004, he's in The Sopranos. Okay. Um, 2004. Um, so I know. After, I don't. He was only in one season. After God's that, sake. you would figure he would get some more stuff, but it's still like nonsense. Judging Amy for one episode. Some. He was in Miss Congeniality in 2005. <laughs> okay, I see that number. Miss Congeniality. Smoking Aces, 2006. Uncredited. Like, I don't know, man. A lot of these movies are just bullshit, and I don't know why someone couldn't figure out how to use them again, if not for just more mob stuff. Yeah, how do you how do you watch his performance in Sopranos and not say, "Well, I can really do something with this guy"? I, and like you said, just put him in a gangster movie. Yeah, he, he goes. Yeah, he should have been in many. He, why is he uncredited in Miss Congeniality too? Like, make him I make don't him know. the bad guy in that movie or something. What, what's what's going on? He needs a new agent. I don't know. Poor guy. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's yeah. too short. But but look, this was the introduction of him, and he was amazing. And we'll continue to talk about that as we go through these episodes. But I, I love Richie Aprile. He's one of one of my favorites. Yes, indeed. Uh, right. Well, that wraps it up, right? It does. It's the episode. We've said all we, we can both say. gave it an A. Yes. And that's it. And it's and nothing can be done no, about it. That's all. <laughs> uh, well, listen. It's been an hour and forty minutes. I, I I'm, I'm good. I feel like we could put this one uh, We've in the books. We've more than made up for our July Fourth of July sabbatical. We did. Well, you had a lot going on, yeah. so it's uh, it's all forgiven as far as I'm, I'm glad concerned. I'm still here. My family's intact. Me too. Yeah, you still have both your kids. Look, work on getting Hayden on the podcast. I think that should be a goal for this summer. Okay. Let's let's get let's get him uh, locked in before he goes back to school. All right, we we'll have to we'll have to figure out what we're going to talk about. Well, I, ask him what he wants to talk about, and we will talk about that. Okay. I just want to hear his kid's perspective. Actually, I, that's probably... I feel like I need to do a father-son interview. <laughs> That'll be funny enough. Or, yeah, hey, Hayden, uh, you want to interview me about my life? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about um, we'll do it. I'll get you two on a couch, and I'll be in a chair. It'll be like almost like uh, family therapy, <laughs> and we'll podcast that way. We'll need, like, the Nerf bats where every time they, we annoy each other, we hit them. <laughs> Hit each other. <laughs> yeah, except Hayden's he's gonna load like rocks into his <laughs> and when he hits you <laughs> it's gonna knock you out. Um all right, work on that. That's your assignment for this summer. All right. Listen and listen, I know you want me to go to church, but I'm still I'll get there before preseason starts, but I don't know. Uh, I can't please do. I can't go tomorrow. Sorry. Come on, I have high hopes for this season. You can't be uh, letting us down this well, year. Well confession like was last the, year. confession was the main thing. I'll have to get this confession schedule for my uh my local church. Get the confession schedule. Get the uh, break the rosary out. You gotta have a rosary around there somewhere, right? Yes, I do have, have a, one. I do have a rosary. Yeah, get out the rosary, your hail marys, and and all that good stuff. 
And uh, let's let's get it going. Let's get some faith back into your life. Yes, I'm I'm prepared. I'm ready. Uh, my heart is open, unlike yours. <laughs> Are you Jeffrey Laurie? Jesus Christ! Yeah, your emotion. Like I'm really concerned about your emotional intelligence. Uh, why? My emotional intelligence is high. It's my dream intelligence that's low. Yo, you missed it. Like a couple bachelor seasons ago, there was this hot chick that I drafted, and. She was just hot and like flashing the bachelor and like dry humping him. She was great. And she was also Oh my god. She was also funny. She would like take long naps and she was like it was great. Like the caster's a villain, but I just found her charming. But uh, mm -hmm. and one of one of the like the ugly girls decided she's like, "Yeah, you don't have any emotional intelligence." And like that was her like big mm. You know that was her big dig at her, her emotional intelligence, and you know, oh, they sure. would they would fight over this emotional intelligence aspect. Oh, so that was the theme of the season. Yeah, ultimately, <laughs> that was the theme of a uh, of one eagle season around here. I think wasn't it? Yeah, it was Chip Kelly. Yeah, bye, Chip. Yeah, no emotion, low emotional intelligence. Oh, hold so. on, real quick, give me your. You have a, you have one sentence to say about the Bachelor or Luke P. Uh yeah, uh, I mean, Luke P is is insane. I, I, it really just convinces me that this has to be half scripted. There's just no way that this guy behaves this way. It it like truly behaves this way with these guys. Like, who does that? It's it does uh, it does sound like he he's forgetting his lines as he's saying things. Yeah, he's like, yo, you're baloney, man. He's like, don't you ever say that to me? No, I'm not. You're baloney. Like what? What? <laughs> what the fuck was happening? I, I mean, you know what's funny? That guy Garrett, who I think was really just a snooze for most of the season, uh, he really shined in that last episode. He really did. I mean, when he just winks at he winks at Luke. Oh uh, yeah. When Luke's just glaring at him, he gives he, a little wink, and then he's he's eating the bologna. He was so whatever so it is. Smug. He gives a little smirk. Then he like bites little holes out of the bologna and puts them over his eyes. <laughs> yeah. I thought that guy was – he was golden in this episode. He, was so, he went out went out with a bang. He was so smug you knew he was going to lose the face off. Oh, definitely. Well, I knew that Luke was, for some reason, this nitwit um, Hannah. She's keeping Luke around. I mean, it's very clear that he's unstable, but I guess she likes that in a guy. <laughs> I don't know. Why not? It's a great quality. He is one of the dumbest people I've ever heard. So that's why it's either – they're scripting him to be that way, or he really is just a dumbass. Yeah, he's 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 kind of horrible. I mean, I'm glad I drafted him, but yes, uh, I think that your uh, your reign is over after this coming week, is my guess. He's going to start preaching to her about uh, premarital sex again. I did expect more points from him. I'm currently in fourth or fifth place, I think. Yeah, he's killing you. Yeah, he's he's, he's killing you now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he has to do, but he's not doing it. No. He's not doing enough. Amanda's going to kill us. She's got Tyler C. He's got the tight pants. We're done. Yeah, I'm done. I know it. He, d he does have tight pants. Jesus Christ. He dresses like fucking Gaston from uh, <laughs> from Beauty and the Beast. Did you ever notice that? I guess. I, I, yeah. It's like pre-revolutionary war or French Revolution fucking uh, wardrobe. Right, where your, your, your calves were your status symbol. How big your calves are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, guy's got great legs. I'll give it to him, but I've never seen such tight pants on on a man before. That wasn't in like a a ballet. A ballet. Bachelor Nation is uh, 
is swooning over this guy. I I, I listen to a, a Bachelor podcast on the Ringer Network, and uh-huh. they can't contain themselves. In fact, our favorite Mallory was all but talking about how much she wants to fuck this guy. Like they can't uh. they can't contain themselves with this guy. She wants to grease his pole. Mm. He um yeah I know. Look at I think all the women in our Bachelor League are swooning over him, including your wife. Oh yeah, you know our bachelor. Yeah, you know, no one's really. I think this is a really good season. But uh, if you judge it by our text, you I, would think no one gave a fuck. I, I. The only reason I'm not really saying anything is because none of them seem to be interested. I think you're interested. Yeah. I'm definitely interested. I've been loving this drama. What is it? They like to see the girls. I would have thought that they would love this season because it's you know a bunch of guys. Well, I know a few of them don't like Hannah, but at this point, Hannah's fucking great. Like I can see how you going into the season, you're like, yeah, I don't know about Hannah, but. She is redeemed herself. She's an all star. Like, only because of the thing. Yeah, because of the things that she does, all this breaking down in tears. Like, she's carrying the season that way. But she's annoying as fuck, don't you think? No, I really like her. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at uh, it from the fact that, like, she. I didn't think she could put a complete sentence together last season, but now she's like, I, I think she's just she's intelligent. Yeah, she's like owning the, owning everything. Like, she's really good. I think. I think that she's intelligent, but she's a dummy. Yeah, I love that. That's good. Yeah, is that what you wanted in, in a in your your mate? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I don't. She's. I mean, she seems fun. Like I think I like that about her, and she she can carry a conversation. Uh, but you know, it's this whole play. You know, look, I'm still a newbie to Bachelor World. You know this. You know, I, I want you to open up and blah, blah, blah. And we got to talk about feelings and tell me how yeah. you're feeling. And I just, it's like carryover from last season as the thing that I hated. It was every week and these dinners that they have and tell me about your feelings. And right. you're not it's just, up, is that I the know. theme every year? Is that the theme every year? Well, they, they make it, you know, they fit like that guy that left. I guess it never, whoever it was this week, like, yeah, we never knew who he was, but you, you have to say something when you're with her and, you know. These guys are, would be yeah. smarter if they said, yeah, I'm, just say it, yeah. It's hard for me. My Everyone says the same shit. It's hard for me to let my walls down. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been, hurt. Like, I've been hurt in the past. So I don't want to, you know, give me a break. Yeah, it's, I know. These guys, like, they're also traumatized. In, like their 20s. <laughs> God, what's happened? Everyone's, everyone's um, a pussy, Johnny Cakes, as we started the pod with. Except, except for us. Right, right. Uh, all right, that's it. I just want to thank all of our listeners, and uh, as always, I will let you have the final word. Johnny Cakes, can you do me a favor? Put a smile on you. Hold on. Before you put a smile on your face, can you dream for me tonight? <laughs> It's a god of the state of mind. Two guys from Jersey with attitude all the time. Football kids and movies about crime It's a garden state of mind